0: Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the talk.
1: Good morning. Today's reading is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. Jesus presented in the temple. When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that he will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying.
0: Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm David Dibble. Uh, before I retired, I was deputy head of a school, high school in York and I'm a Church of England licensed lay minister. Can I ask you to begin with just to turn to somebody near you? I'm going to give you about a minute, just under. Turn to somebody near you, if it's not your person you came with, so much the better, and just tell them your favorite place and why it's your favorite place. Okay, I'll give you a minute. Many of you know that one of my favorite places is San Diego. I first went there as a naval reservist on an exchange with the American Navy some years ago, and I fell in love with the place. I have a favorite view. You can see it on the screen there. That's overlooking uh, Coronado Naval Air Base. And I love going up there and watching. You can see the ships come in, you can see the planes and the helicopters and the jets take off. It's wonderful, I love it. I have a favourite restaurant. Tom Han's Lighthouse. That's the one. I also have a favourite coffee shop. Better Buzz. Uh, That photograph is actually taken The last time Lynn and I visited San Diego um, we went on, it was just Lynn and me, we went on our own, my son was very jealous that we'd gone to San Diego, so Lynn took a picture of me in Better Bath, because it's his favourite coffee shop as well, and sent that back to him and said, there you are, look, guess where we are. (laughs) But I have other favourite places too, Edinburgh, that's where I went to university and it's where I got engaged as well. And I also love Jerusalem and my favourite place in Jerusalem is the Western Wall, you can see it there. I love getting a, you can get lots of plastic chairs there, getting a plastic chair, going to the back of the plaza there, sitting there, sit there and meditate and pray and I love it and of course it's, it's in the sun as well. It's a place that's very holy to the Jewish people. It's the place where the temple stood. The first few rows of bricks there, stones, are part of the original temple. So when you go there and you see those bottom rows, you know that that's what Jesus would have seen, although it was was taller still in those days. A few years ago, I visited one evening with Andrew Walker and James Clark. And that's the photograph that Andrew took we went there and when we were there, we recited a psalm together, just as they would have done in Old Testament times. It was wonderful. Originally, of course, the Jews worshipped at the what was the temple in Jerusalem. That's a model of the temple. You can see how big it is. It's absolutely huge. For many Jews, that would be their favorite place. They would go there at festival times and the journey there would have taken days. And what they would have seen there was amazing. Herod's temple was enormous, dwarfing everything around it. When I've led pilgrimages to Jerusalem, as we arrive in Jerusalem, there's a sort of expectation. Oh, what's it going to be like? What's Jerusalem going to be like? And people get excited. Well, imagine what it was like in Jesus' day when they traveled for days and then they're confronted with this huge, enormous building. And it would have been the same on their second, their third, and their fourth visit. The Jews' excitement about the temple and its worship comes in many of the Psalms. Psalm 84, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord God Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. Better is one day in the courts than a thousand elsewhere. Or what about Psalm 27? One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Well, this morning's lesson describes an event that took place in the Jerusalem temple. And we'll look at how a man called Simeon met Jesus and his parents in the temple a little while after he was born. It was a Jewish tradition that children would come to the temple with their parents, well, the parents would carry the children to the temple about 40 days after they were born. And the parents would offer a sacrifice a sort of sacrifice of thanksgiving. So I'll explain what happened and I'll explain what the background was. Now, Simeon was a Jew living in Jerusalem. And St. Luke says that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. What does this mean? Well, over the years, the Jews had not always been their own masters. In the 13th century BC, they'd been slaves in Egypt. In the the 6th century BC, many of them had been exiled to Babylon. In the 2nd century, they'd come under the rule of a Greek power called the Seleucids. And during the Seleucid period, um, the temple worship stopped for three years because a statue was raised in the temple of Zeus was eventually taken down in 164 BC. And ever since then, that event has been celebrated by Jews in their festival of Hanukkah, a festival that's just finished. Then the Romans took over. And under the Romans, the Jews, particularly those living in Galilee, were very poor. Some of us here have been to Tiberias when we go on pilgrimages, uh, to, to Israel and Palestine sometimes we stop in Tiberias and that big city was built by Tiberias and it took a lot of money to build it and that meant the people who lived there had to be very heavily taxed and so the Jews were very very poor so throughout their history the Jews had been ruled by someone who wasn't Jewish. They'd been made poor. They wanted self-rule. In fact, what they really wanted was rule by God. When he ruled, the Jews believed that he would be a just ruler who would ensure justice for the Jewish people, judgment on pagan nations, and good worship in the temple in Jerusalem. The kingdom of God would at last begin. Different groups among the Jews believed that would happen in different ways. Some assumed that would be violent. One of Jesus' followers was Simon the Zealot, and the Zealots were a group of people who believed that God's kingdom would come through a violent uprising against the Romans. St. John tells us that at one stage a number of people were, a number of Jesus' disciples were walking with him, but some of them decided to leave. And so some disciples left Jesus completely. Why? Possibly because they were expecting Jesus to lead that violent uprising. So Simeon then was looking for the day when God's kingdom would finally begin. And when he met Joseph and and Mary with the baby Jesus, he realized that here was the guy who was going to inaugurate God's kingdom. He'd been waiting many years for this. Now he saw that God's kingdom was coming. But it was in a way that many people did not expect. Simeon said that Jesus would be a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people, Israel. Back in history, Jesus, uh, God chose the Jews through which to reveal himself. So in Genesis, God says to Abraham, I will establish your covenant, my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and your descendants to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. When God speaks to Moses in Egypt, what does he say? He says, I am the Lord and I will bring you as my own people and I will be your God. Or when the ark was brought to Jerusalem, King Solomon addressed the people. Praise be to the Lord, he said, the God of Israel. So God chose Israel and the Jews through which to reveal himself. But that's not the end of the story. If we go back to the book of Genesis, when God first calls Abraham, what does he say? I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So when God chose to reveal himself to to Abraham, he said, I'm going to reveal myself through the Jewish people, but actually it's going to be wider than that. When Abraham was told that he didn't have to sacrifice his son, we read, Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed. Sometime during or just after the Jewish exile in Babylon in the 6th century BC, it's thought that Isaiah chapters 40 to 55 were written. And the second part of Isaiah has a very global outlook. The prophet thought that God was not just the God of the Jews. Isaiah thought that God was going to be the God of everybody. This had been mentioned elsewhere in the Old Testament, but in Isaiah, it's writ large. Listen to Isaiah. Speaking of God's servant, he said, I will keep you. I will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light to the Gentiles and again he says about God's servant I will make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth Isaiah looked to the future what did he say the Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all nations and all the ends of the earth Will see the salvation of our God. There's no doubt that Simeon knew these words from Isaiah when he saw the baby Jesus and praised God in the temple. This baby Jesus was God's revelation not just to his parents, not just to Simeon, not just to the Jews, but for the whole world. At Christmas, we don't just celebrate the birth of a baby. We celebrate that God has revealed himself to everyone. Jesus is the revelation of God to everyone, whatever their faith or whatever their belief. Here is God born as a human, born to reveal God the Father, and born to achieve salvation for all. And this is what Simeon saw when he met Joseph and Mary in the temple with the baby. For the Jews, the temple had been the place where God was particularly present. Now Simeon saw that God's presence was here in Jesus. As we celebrate Christmas, let's remember that we celebrate the fact that God has revealed himself in Jesus In the baby Jesus, there is God's revelation to everyone and God's salvation for all. Christmas is for everyone. For you, for your family, your neighbours, your friends, people in the UK, people in Europe, all around the world, people of all political and religious beliefs. In the Church of England, Simeon's song is known as the Nunc Dimittis, and it's sung every day in cathedrals during evensong. So along with Simeon, and along with cathedral choirs, let us praise the Lord. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks
1: or information, visit stgs.org.uk.